0: to another episode of Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides, and with me as always is Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you today, Chris? Doing great, Jody. That That's some old, true analog
1: delay action going on
0: right there. <laughs> <laughs> something of that nature anyway. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Nicely done. I, I dig it. How are you doing?
0: I'm alive and not unwell.
1: Good. Feeling that's what we want.
0: Sparky at the moment, so let's get rolling. Let's. Yes.
1: I have something on the. Talk back. I want to bring up today. Do it. Go um, right ahead. Just because I think it's absolutely fascinating mm-hmm. and more power to her. But um, as a recording of this podcast, Taylor Swift is just about to wrap up her concert series here in LA. She's been playing at the SoFi Stadium, which takes about 100,000 people. Mm. This is her sixth show that she's doing there.
0: Crazy. That's That's a lot of people. I mean, that's nuts. That's not.
1: And I mean, good for her. I mean, awesome. I'm sure she's a lovely person and she's a great artist. So I'm sure she deserves everything that she's getting there. But that is absolutely incredible. I just think it's all Taylor Swift's world and we're all just living in it, I guess.
0: (laughs) What are we talking about today? Well, a lot like my little intro there where I gave myself a delay of analog style we are going into a dive of the tc electronics unit otherwise known as the tc 2290 which yeah. is a delay unit right and this is another listener request by the way we'll jump right in dude kick it off
1: if you're not aware of this unit it was a rack unit it came out 86 and for my money it's probably one of the sexiest looking rack units because the way it looks it just looks like something out of star trek
0: right do you think that's the reason why guys like the edge john petrucci alex Lifeson, robin ford david gilmore even dan huff used these things is because they were sexy like star wars or star trek they were absolutely using it for the sound
1: (laughs) it was a great sounding you know but it it had uh, what we used to call like a high lpd ratio which is lights per dollar (laughs) so this was a pricey unit it It was was. i I think it was like between five and six k when it came out two space rack unit interesting here is that it's technically not a stereo unit as an input it's Mm -hmm. like a mono input it does do stereo ad obviously right a midi control Bunch of presets, bunch of user assignable stuff. So,
0: well, one other thing I want to kind of mention is because it's called a digital delay. Yeah, and oddly enough, a vast majority of it is actually analog components, and they stuck the digital moniker on there because back at that time, digital was the buzzword of the day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, mid '80s. Anything digital is going to go right. Yeah, and of unlike course, you today, got the LEDs where it's
0: like, or it's digital is like, oh, okay, it's the LEDs that make it digital. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Yeah, all joking aside, I think the digital aspect of it came into, obviously, some controlling issues, primarily from... Um, the
0: presets. Preset, and yeah.
1: right, recall and all that. It was a MIDI-capable MIDI unit, so you could control other pieces of gear if you had it in, you know, alongside a, a MIDI controller as a guitar player, like we mentioned.
0: Mm-hmm. It had up to 99 presets where yep. the user could create presets from 0 to 79 and then... The factory presets were numbered from 80 to 99.
1: Yeah. So it it was a very capable unit. Another thing that I think was really cool with this, it actually had send and returns in the back of it. So that what you could do was if you had other units or pedals or whatever you had in your rig, you can actually use the MIDI functionality in this to incorporate the loops into your signal path. And I think that was really, really cool. It's sort of like, I hesitate to say, like a poor man's Bradshaw because no poor man is going to own this unit. <laughs> or at least not that you were poor when it, after you bought it, maybe.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That, that was a cool functionality. I don't think I've seen that on another piece of gear like this.
0: Not for just a straight up digital delay, no.
1: Right. That was a kind of a cool thing. You mentioned it's obviously in the name, like digital delay. I think it's, it's a little bit more than that. I think most people think of it. Uh, as a delay unit, though.
0: Well, that's don't, essentially don't think, what it was. And obviously, getting other effects like chorus and flanging out of it is highly dependent on the delayed time that you set. Right. And that's all those and effects are, is just the way that the sound is going to assimilate through short delay times.
1: And that's something we talked about when we talked about modulation settings. If mm-hmm. you're dealing with that, and if you really want to dive into it deeper, Like you said, Jody, the short delay time and no feedback creates those effects. So it was very, very capable of doing that as well. And it sounded great doing it.
0: And as you mentioned, it was visually striking.
1: I think so. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
0: What's really curious about this is, is even though it was mono input, it was divided into, quote unquote, modules within the unit itself. And what are some of those units or those modules, I should say? Well, we got them on the
1: front panel, where it looks pretty overwhelming as you're looking at it, because there's there's keyboard pads and there's LEDs for all sorts of parameters and things. The way it was laid out on the front panel was sort of clean, I think. So it's not like you have to necessarily dive through endless menus or anything. We have feedback, which is just what you think about with delay unit. The number Um, of
0: echoes you're going to get after it goes through the sound. feedback.
1: Part of that feedback also, it it had a filter functionality. So you could set, take actually off, low and high end of of the repeats.
0: You mean a high pass filter and a low pass filter? Yes, exactly. Where have we heard that one before?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's pat ourselves on the back. No, No, I'm not going
0: to break my arm doing that.
1: No, but it's something that both you and I do. Right. And dealing away with DAWs and stuff today, it's something that we kind of take for granted that we can do. Yes. To have this functionality built into the unit, it's a really, really cool function. And, and it's forward thinking in a way. But of course, it's not just guitar players that use this. It's sat in a lot of studios and still does. I think that was a really, really cool kind of functionality. What, what else we got here? These little modules on the front.
0: Well, if we're going to skip from the feedback into just the straight-up output of this thing, their output volume area that mm-hmm. included your delay level and your direct level and a pan level, three right. little items in that one little module area, all important <laughs> factors to how your sound is going to come out sounding when you're playing through this rig. A lot
1: of flexibility. And the big thing that comes on that, it's an excellent module where you had like modulation control. hmm And today, we take this kind of functionality for granted where we can make something tempo sync to an LFO or whatever. This unit actually had that. Depending on a few different choices of modulation, you could modulate the delay, Mm -hmm. the pan, which, again, would then create movement, right? And then something that I think is really, really cool and a real strength of the unit is the dynamics. What that really meant... It ducks the delay signal as you're playing,
0: mm, so it kind of swells ducking. up. Wow! Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's pretty cool because that's something that you cool. and I talk about as well. Like we do, we do it with vocals all the time and, and sidechain. If yeah, yeah this is actually built in, so you could do that as well. And you can get creative with that kind of stuff with this as well. You can actually create almost like tremolo effects and this kind of stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So another
0: interesting thing, the whole concept of how it could work with modulations, you could choose different types of curves, whether it be a sine wave curve or an envelope curve or just random curves Mm -hmm. or you could trigger the damn thing. It had pretty amazing capabilities when it came to the concept of the modulation.
1: Yep. What do we got next?
0: Well, there was a whole section on panning Mm -hmm. and how you were going to pan the delay signal and your direct signal. It worked on both.
1: Right. What a lot of guys did was when they had that to uh, create a larger sound was that they would pan your dry signal maybe left and then the wet signal right. Mm-hmm. So you'd get this essentially like a full stereo effect. But you would well, obviously in that case, that would be stereo. One thing that this unit did as well, if you ran it a certain way, if you had a mono signal, you could run it. And add spread to both sides, and it did it in a way where it kind of messed with a phase mm. to kind of make it pop out. All these little trickeries that you can do to make it do what you want to do and create bigger, bigger, lusher sounds, as it were, <laughs> right? right? And who doesn't like that? Bigger, lusher. The next little thing is just the dynamics control, and it's essentially just where if you're activating any kind of like dynamic modulation that you're doing. Next up, we've got our, our delay time. The basic unit had a maximum delay time of just over a second, 1,023 milliseconds. Now, you could expand that by, like, adding different chips in it and processors and stuff. If you really maxed it out, you could do it up to, like, 32 seconds.
0: Who doesn't need 32 seconds of delay? (laughs) Exactly my thought, you
1: know. It also worked as a rudimentary
0: sampler. Well, yeah, when you're... Sampling 32 seconds before you repeat it. <laughs> right. But That's yeah, I really like having a sampler. I'm kidding. But yes. Right. There
1: again, the memory obviously comes in handy for that. So you could do different triggering effects and a lot of functionality built into this thing that I kind of made famous for. Just like another unit we talked about, which the H3000, this thing this had thing.
0: a keyboard pad for input. So you could type in your numbers. Pretty handy, right? So no instead dial, of going like. type it in.
1: Right, not up, 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 down, 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 down. You could just select your parameter and type it in.
0: Yeah, that's pretty easier, cool.
1: Right. right, last little modules just round out the units. We got like the preset number and then external effects is the last little thing that we have on it, right? And that's where you would control those loops that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. if they're gonna be in your, in your
0: path or not. And speaking of external control, let's take a word from our sponsors. And we're back, and we're back, and we're back. What's up next, Chris?
1: (laughs) You're on fire today. Um, So we mentioned all these great things that this can do, but what do you think the strengths
0: of this unit? The most iconic thing to me, and this is just TC in general, their effects are some of the most beautiful sounding. When people talk about transparency and effects, I think TC Electronics is the granddaddy of this. They are transparent, was what a lot of people would say. And when it comes to the 2290, the delay on it and how it sounds when it comes back at you is so pure in my mind and so amazing sounding. That, to me, just defines TC, period. Their shit sounded great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, and still does. Usually, when I think of, let's say, spatial effects, mm-hmm. delay or reverb, it's basically two companies that I think of. Mm-hmm. It, and the, TC is definitely one of them. The other one, I'm thinking it would be like Lexicon. Right? Right. The delay on this thing is just amazing. Now, I really want to drill down on this thing where the dynamic delay right. that it could do. If you're playing with a lot of delays, like, or a lot loud, you know, returns, uh-huh. right? Things get muddy in a hurry. Yes. Right? The fact that it, it did this in the box and ducks it down as you're playing, not only is it a cool effect, but you get this sort of swelling in between the spaces, right? Uh-huh. That's something that, whether it's guitar or vocals, right? That, that's a really, really good production technique. We touched on it earlier today, this Is a technique that both you and I use that when we're using delay, that a lot of times it's using sidechain compressor on the delay return right, and have its input being from the instrument. But this is again just in the box, right? right. But it, it's a really, really good technique to do, so I really just wanted to really extrapolate on that because that's, if you take nothing away from this episode, take that, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, the yeah. other
0: thing that I would call a great strength of the unit is its ability to add width to a mono it, source. And oftentimes, sure. as a guitar player, you're starting with a mono source. Yeah. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Unless you're doing something really crazy with an avant-garde guitar that has individual outputs for every pickup pole there is. So That would be crazy, but it's been done, which is nuts. That's not the norm. The norm is you have a mono output of your guitar or some other instrument that you're playing that is mono starting. When you use this particular unit, the coursing effect or the delay effect can mess, as you mentioned earlier, with the phase so that the mono source is really going to sound much wider than it really is. And
1: yeah. that's
0: amazing. And this unit does it so, so, so well. As I mentioned before, uh, a gr- great sounding
1: delay. One of those things, if you haven't heard it, the YouTube algorithm is not going to be super high fi like being in the room with us, but there are a lot of players that have these that are demonstrating the sound on it. So if you haven't heard it, go look for one of those and, and listen to it because it does sound really, really cool.
0: Well, one thing uh, to note, the hardware version is hard to get now because they stopped yes. making them quite a while ago. So right. if you find one, if you can get it for a reasonable price, you might as well get it. But I'd be right. hard-pressed to think you're not going to find it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's true. I have to say though, on a complete side note here, the first time I saw one of these Hmm. being used, like in the wild, like it it was a guy here playing a show at an old club here in LA, used to call Exposure Fifty Four, and it was like a rock club that had live bands, obviously. Here was a guy, and it wasn't like, oh, here's Dan Huff or Steve Lukather or something. This was just a guy in a band. Hmm. He had his refrigerator rack as you did in those days. And he actually had two of these in his rack. Wow.
0: So uh, He's going, to be that, but, he's going for quad.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's what a trust fund baby looks like. Maybe. So now one thing that I want to touch on though for this, like for all the strengths and all the things that it does so well that we've been singing its praises here. The one thing that it didn't do was something called spillover. Which means that when you switch a patch, it would cut the delay right off. Right? It would just if you had echoes repeats going, they would just stop in its tracks. So if you had spillover, it would let those echo out even as you're changing a patch. And I think that was a really, really cool function that later came in. Do you remember a company called Rocktron? Yes. And Rocktron was they did a bunch of nineteen inch rack units, and were considered, if not budget, but they were at least attainable mm-hmm. to players, to like your average player. And they had a unit called the Effects. And I remember that one of their selling points of that was that they had a great chorus in it, like an eight-voiced chorus, and it had spillover. Mm. Well, they get I it considered- previously
0: before that, the older systems and of that nature. You were going to guys like Bradshaw, to build yeah. you a rig. And then you right. would have multiple versions of something if yeah. you wanted that spillover that would play through both items in your rack, so to speak, so that you could get that.
1: Yeah. While so one it, would turn
0: off and the other one would turn on.
1: So there were ways of going about it. Boxes were coming out. Now, I'm, I'm thinking now this is probably mid to late 90s, probably mid 90s when I remember seeing the, the rock trunk gear kind of taken off. Was it the same audio quality? No, probably not. But Mm -hmm. if you're playing live, eh, who cares? Unless you're David Gilmour, then you care (laughs) and you have the budget for it. So hardware units today, what would you think would be some alternatives? Because I mean, reality is kind of cut up, right? There's a lot of other stuff out there.
0: You're going to find this on the used market if you find it at all. To go beyond that, though, TC does have other delay units now that take this beyond where the TC2290 started and have spillover as well, or the option to allow spillover or turn things off and an immediate change of patch. There's also the TC electronic flashback pedal, which had the 2290 functionality as well as a dynamic delay built into it. Yeah. I have
1: that on my guitar pedal board. I don't do a lot of live playing anymore, but Mm -hmm. I have that one and it's there and it sounds, yeah, it's a freaking TC delay, you know, it it sounds pretty good.
0: Right. And then there's the modern company as well that does really amazing pedals that people say sound absolutely astounding and I don't disagree with them. Strymon, they make some nice delays as well. There's also
1: another company that does almost an emulation of the 2290. And it's a company called Free the Tone. And they have a pedal called Flight Time, Mm -hmm. which sounds and looks very, very close to the 2290. So there are options out there if you want to go the hardware route as well. And never mind like all the hardware units from TC or other players that, that are sort of catching up to that.
0: Now, in terms of going forward in the world, TC Electronics did actually do a plug in version of the 2290. And that software was known as the TC 2290DT. They did something really cool with it, where they had a hardware functionality thing that you could tie into your computer to make use of the thing without a mouse.
1: Yeah, it's the controller unit. They had a controller
0: unit that worked with it in conjunction, sort of like where if you were to go get the UF1 or the UC8 from SSL for operating just mixing port type stuff. This unfortunate reality right now with the transition to Apple Silicon with Apple computers, the TCA2290DT is not currently native to the M-Chip series. My understanding is they are working on updating it to become native to the M-Chip series due to the fact that TC Electronics is no longer an individual company on its own two feet. The parent company may take a long time before they get this together. Who knows? And I don't even want to repeat the name of that company because they are a terrible company Morally speaking.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you there. I don't like that company. Mm-hmm. I will not mention them anyway. There was even another thing that makes me lot li- or makes me dislike, let's say, conglomerates like this as well. Mm-hmm. I wanted to try out the desktop version, the software version of this. And you can go, you can request a license as you can with every other company online. Mm-hmm. It gives you a temporary thing to your eye lock and Bob's your uncle you're good to go except that it never, they reaches never your deposit <laughs> yeah it <laughs> yeah. never deposits the license in order to contact support to give them a heads up say hey I never got this license you have to register with this conglomerate yeah. and I just give a huge middle finger to that so, Sorry, TC, I would love to try out your stuff, but yeah,
0: not going through that. So there are other options. Speaking of other options, what what would be... The Echo Boy from Sound Toys and the D16 Repeater from Slate Digital are two other options that work really well. If you're on the UA side, there's something that's available that's not nearly as programmable, but they have the Korg delay system that is really nice. It's a lot less programmable, but it still sounds really nice.
1: Yeah. Obviously, since we're living in a digital world now, there's so many options out there that emulate old hardware, whether it's delays or reverbs or, or other types of processing. What we can do now with delays in the box, you obviously have all of these functionalities built in. So even if you are just using your stock delay plugin, that you might have in your DAW. You can, with a little bit of imagination and know-how, again, like filter your returns or add a side chain to the the delay return. You can get a lot of similar things to this. You don't need to have this unit, but it is a really, really good sounding, the original unit. I wish I could try the desktop one, but (laughs) right now as my bitch
0: fest ends,
1: (laughs) I can't do that.
0: All right, let's move on to other bitch-festing with Friday Finds. Chris, what have you got today?
1: Well, having done all that bitch-festing, I'm actually going to have a two-entry into my Friday Find here. The first one that I wanted to do was I wanted to fly the flag for Isotope's RX. Okay. And I'm talking about the standalone application now that I've been doing some work with this week. Every time I use this thing, I question what those magicians are doing on the math side <laughs> of that because it is freaking unbelievable how easy some of these things can be to do, fix issues. And, and when it's a pristine recording that has some kind of issue with it, like it might be a finger snap or whatever, it, it, it deals with that so well. So yeah, it's not a new thing. i am obviously aware of our before, but that's my first Friday find this week. Then on the other one, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. A few weeks ago, a few episodes ago, I mentioned TC Electronic again. They had a series called AmpWorks where there's stomp boxes that are basically an amp in the box, right? and at that point it was like a Vox and a Fender, and I think it was like a Marshall Plexi or something. They've now added three more to this series. So as we're talking about TC here, and they're not paying me to say this, they have three now high gain versions of this as well, which are sort of emulating like a Marshall 800, there's a Rectifier, and I think the last one is kind of like a 5150. Now, they're not called that, but they're thinly veiled names. Mm-hmm. I thought that deserved an extra mention there because those look pretty cool. And if you're you know, a gigging musician and you need a fly rig or something, those are pretty cool options. Those are my Friday fonts for this week. What do you got, Jody?
0: I'm going with a plug-in that is called Sprite. From a company called AIR or AIR. It is a multi effect plugin that is available on both Mac and Windows in multiple formats. It is currently set to a price of $40 as of the recording of this podcast, but within about a week or so, it's going to go back up to its normal price of $80. What makes Sprite interesting is that it is like having eight multi effects processors in one plugin. And when I say that, I'm talking about the type of things that we're talking about today, like the 2290. It is based around old school 80s style hardware boxes. And it features a distortion section with nine distortion models, modulation slots with eight different types of modulation. It has chorus, multi chorus, phaser, flangers, all kinds of stuff delays and reverbs bpm syncable eight types of rooms for the reverbs a pitch shifter eq section compression it's like the what? kitchen sink in this thing but but doesn't make you coffee <laughs> i don't it's know a it's a plug-in i don't know how capable <laughs> it is in the kitchen so that is my choice today is the sprite multi-effects processor from air Nice,
1: nice, nice. While
0: we've got your attention, we ask that you go to InsideTheRecordingStudio.com and sign up for our mailing list. You'll need to be on our email list to be eligible for future giveaways, and we'll make sure you don't miss any future episodes of this awesome podcast. Send us an email at GoldStar, G-O-L-D-S-T-A-R, at InsideTheRecordingStudio.com with the numbers 2290 and you'll get something cool back in your inbox. If you have a topic or suggestion for Chris and I to explain in a future episode, contact us at the contact page. We'll put it into consideration for a future episode. With that, I'll say see you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one, Jody.